In this episode, I sit down with Daniel Geffen to talk about his new book and what it's like being a self-help addict. Get excited because you are now listening to Tiny Leaps, Big Changes. Welcome to another episode of Tiny Leaps, Big Changes, where I share simple strategies you can use to get more out of your life. My name is Greg Clunas, and in this episode, I've got a fantastic guest. He has just finished writing uh, what seems like it's going to be a wonderful book. I haven't had the chance to read it yet, but once it releases, I absolutely will be. The book is The Self-Help Addict. The author is Daniel Geffen. And uh, he is the host of the Can I Pick Your Brain podcast. So many of you might already know him from that. If you don't, go check the show out. He does a fantastic job interviewing some of the biggest names in entrepreneurship, culture, politics, all across the human spectrum. So I'm really excited for this conversation. Uh, Daniel, are you uh, are you ready to go? Hell yeah! <laughs> man is excited. Um, so let's start. I always start with my guests on what I think is the most interesting question. Um, the book is titled The Self-Help Addict. Now, is it written from like a, a, a personal point of view? Like, do you feel like you're a recovering self-help addict? I am a self-help addict. I still am. Absolutely. Okay, um, got it. So how do you, how do you, uh, just, just to break that down a bit, how do you define a self-help addict? Can I share with you a story that will pretty much paint a picture of what a self-help addict is? Absolutely. Okay. So I'm standing at Barnes and Nobles at the entrance of Barnes and Nobles in in California. Um, for those of you that don't know, Barnes and Nobles used to be the biggest, uh, bookstore in the U S of course, that was before Amazon came along and I'm standing at the entrance. I'm about to go in and my wife grabs me by the arm and she says, you are not going in there. And I said, why? And she, she said, because every time you go into a bookstore, you get lost in there and you spend hours and I can't get you out. And I turned around to her and I said, honey, go buy yourself a dress. Go take the kids out for ice cream. I'll see you in an hour. And she's like, oh, and she walks off. I walk into Barnes and Nobles and I'm in heaven. I go over to the self-help section, right? And I start looking at all the books and I'm like overwhelmed with, oh my goodness, which book am I going to get today? And I pile up about 15 different books and I start looking at the front, the back. I open it up. I go through the contents. I look at the testimonials. And what am I doing, Greg? I'm looking for the one, that one book that's going to just change my whole life. And finally, after about 20, 30 minutes, I finally find it. It's like it leaps out at me and I'm like, yes, this is it. And I tuck it under my arm like a little baby and I walk over to the checkout, take out my credit card. I pay for it. I go find a little corner somewhere and I crack it open. And you know that sound that it makes, that crackling sound of a new book and that fresh smell, right? take out my marker pen, my yellow marker pen. I start marking, you know, marking everything, right? If, if you came to my house, Greg, you would see hundreds of books just filled with yellow, like everywhere, all over, yellow, yellow, yellow. Why? Because every line can change my life. Every line I'm like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. Wow. Check this out. Oh my goodness me. Wow. And then I get to the end of the book. I get to the final page of the book and I get this 
this, this like sinking feeling inside of me where I realize now what? Now I've got to go and actually do something. You see, when you're reading the book or when you're watching a YouTube video or when you're sitting in a Tony Robbins audience or whatever it is, whenever you're consuming content, you can justify to yourself that I'm gathering information. I don't need to take action right now. I'm planning, I'm preparing, I'm analyzing. And so as long as I'm in, you know, information mode, I don't need to be in action mode. And as a self-help addict, we avoid taking action because we're scared. We don't want to take action. We're uncomfortable. And so you get to the end of the book and what happens you say to yourself, hmm, I'm going to go check out the website. So you go to the author's website and of course there's a webinar, a free webinar. Okay, I'm going to sign up to that. So I sign up to the free webinar and I start taking notes and I'm like, this is going to change my life. This is amazing. This is incredible. And of course it gets to the end of the webinar and what does the guy do? He says, and now if you want to really take this seriously, if you want to take this to another level, then you just need to come to my live event in Vegas. It's only $3,999, including flights and whatever. And of course, you take out the credit card and you're like, hmm, I don't really have the money, but you know what? I'll put it on the credit card. This is going to change my life. So it's investing in myself. And of course, you go to the event thinking that all you need to do is meet this guy, this guru, this God, right? And everything will change. And you go and you get there and you get so pumped up and he gets you so riled up and you're like, yes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And then you fly back and you go home. And of course, two weeks later, you're at the bookstore again. Sound familiar? To some. No, yeah, I mean, absolutely. That's that. That's a big part of why I launched this show in the first place. I mean, the the whole point is self help as an industry has sort of created this process of feeding you more and more information and and uh, getting you to to pay more and more money and go up the ladder and and the the sales funnel um, without ever really giving you or pointing to the things that you need to do and holding you accountable to doing those things. And it sounds mm-hmm. like that's the the problem you're trying to tackle as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Although there's, I think there's a lot of different moving parts and pieces to a self-help addict. Um, there's the fear, there's the lack of accountability, there's the procrastination, there's the perfectionism, you know, there's the, 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 you know, I care so much about what everyone thinks about me. So there's a lot of things that I kind of, I go through all of those different things in the book. Um, but yes, you definitely touched on, on one of them. Got it. So what, um, in your mind, how does someone break that cycle? So there's, there's a few things that need to happen. Um, and I'll, I'll touch on a few of them. One is, that action, if you take the action, the feelings and the thoughts follow. A lot of, a lot of people, what self-help addicts tend to think is that if I change my thinking and my feelings, then I'll take action. And a lot of the self-help gurus out there, they'll tell you to, you know, think positively and picture the big picture and, and do all this like meditation and all this stuff. And it didn't really work so much for me. For me, what worked was just taking the action even though I didn't feel like doing it. So, um, 
I'll give you an example. I was, I was sitting in the park, um, and my kids were playing on the swings and slides and it was a cold day. And I was sitting there with my, with my jacket, my scarf, I was sitting on a bench next to my wife and I was just watching, observing, you know, being a spectator of life, just watching my kids play. And suddenly I feel a jab in my ribs, my wife's elbow. And she says, go play with them. Why are you sitting here? Like, go play with them. And of course, the first thing I said was, I just don't feel like it. Right. My, my thoughts were, I don't want to get up right now. I'm, I'm, I'm tired. I've had a long day. I don't feel like getting up and going. And then I just got up. I just got up and I went and I just started playing with them. And we, you know, there was like a pirate ship in the park and we started, I started pretending to be a pirate and I was throwing them on the ground and we were rolling around laughing. And, and when we were walking home, I thought to myself, I'm really glad that I didn't stay on the bench. I'm really glad that I, I didn't stay just observing and spectating. I'm so glad that I participated in it because that's going to be a memory in my children's, you know, mind for, for, for their lifetime. And we, we, it's so easy to miss those opportunities. And what I realized is that my thoughts and feelings are really like my children. And this might sound weird to some of you and that's okay. But when my kids say, I don't feel like brushing my teeth. I don't want to go to school. I don't feel like going to bed. I don't say, okay. I, I take them by the hand and I say, I know you don't feel like brushing your teeth, but you're going to brush your teeth. And I take them up the stairs and they go into the bath and they brush their teeth. I take them to their bedroom and I say, I know you don't feel like going to sleep, but it's bedtime now. And so I started talking to my thoughts and feelings like that. So I would wake up in the morning and my, my thoughts were, I don't want to get up and go to the gym. And my feelings said, I don't feel like going to the gym. And I would just turn around and say, I know you don't want to, and I, I know you don't feel like it, but we're going. And I would get up and I would just get in the car and I just go to the gym. And suddenly I'm on the treadmill and I'm running. And after about five minutes, something amazing happens. My thoughts and feelings change. Suddenly I'm thinking, wow, I'm so happy I came to the gym. And then my feelings are like, wow, this feels amazing, right? And suddenly we're walking out the gym feeling like a million bucks. And all I did was I just took the actions and the feelings followed along. Have you ever read um, uh, The Five Second Rule by Mel Robbins? No, I didn't. Okay. Highly, highly recommended. Uh, so she talks about this concept uh, quite a bit. Her whole thing is that uh, if you, she found that when she didn't feel like getting out of bed or feel like doing X, Y, or Z, if she just count down backwards in her head from uh, five, four, three, two, one, and then as soon as she said one, she took a physical action forward um, and actually did a book review on it back in episode 217. Um, but she found that if she she took that step, it immediately got her over the hump of taking action, which, you know, as, as you just so elegantly outlined for us, like that action piece is, is where people get stuck. Um, and it gets you over the hump of being in action mode. But then as you experience, once you start, once you're doing it, it's a lot easier to keep it going than it was to get started, right? It's it's momentum. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I highly, highly recommend you check that out. I think that the, uh, you of all people would really enjoy it. But um, back back to, to your book, what I, I really want to hear 
So, I mean, you, you've broken down the problem for us, which I know I've experienced it. I know many listeners on this show have experienced it. Um, and, and you've actually already given us, we're only 12 minutes in, but you've given us some really, really practical solutions for it. So I want to, I want to thank you for that. Um, but let's say you were, we're sitting on the couch we don't feel like getting up and, and doing the dishes or we don't feel like doing the vacuuming or whatever our thing is, right? We don't feel like doing it. And all of our best efforts of just willing ourselves to do it just won't work. Like we're, we're trying to yeah. talk to our, our thoughts as though they were our children. We're, we're trying to do the five second rule. Like we're doing all of these tricks to get ourselves mm-hmm. to do it. Um, I find that that's where I fail the most is the the tricks and tips aren't working. So how do I, before that ever happens, like what are your thoughts on just rewiring as a whole so that you never get into that scenario? Is that something you've ever tried? Yeah. My book, I want to write this book 10 years ago, Greg, it was literally 10 years that I was pregnant with this book. I know my wife's going to kill yeah, my wife's going to kill me for saying that because she's going to say, pregnant? You think you were pregnant? You don't know what pregnant is. I was pregnant with four kids, okay? You have no idea what pregnant is. So whatever, calm down. Um, so uh, so for the women out there, all right, I get you. My wife had four kids. I know, I don't know. Sorry, I don't know the pain that you go through. I have no idea, but I'm just using it as an analogy, okay? So I was pregnant with my book for 10 years and I literally felt like I needed to just give birth to the damn thing already, right? And especially because the book is called The Self-Help Freaking Addict. Don't go to Amazon and type in The Self-Help Freaking Addict. Nothing will come up. It's The Self-Help Addict. Anyway, so I needed to do something and it occurred to me that the reason why we don't take action is because we're uncomfortable. Whatever that action is, it's uncomfortable. We have to go out of our comfort zone. So for example, Greg, you said you're sitting on a couch and the dishes, I freaking hate the dishes. Oh my God. Right. But you want to be a good husband. So you want to do the dishes or you want to be a good roommate or whatever it is. Right. Sitting on the couch and that feeling of going and doing the dishes is so uncomfortable to you. And so what I would, what I came to the realization is that if I could find something that would make it more uncomfortable not to do it, then I'll do it because it's all about comfort, right? So if something's uncomfortable, you're not going to do it. But if it was a choice between one discomfort and the other, you would go with the one that's least discomfortable. You see what I'm saying, Greg? So what I did was, this is about nine months ago, I was tucking my kids into bed and I went over to my, my eldest child, his name's Alicia, and he was nine years old. And I said to him, Alicia, I have a surprise for you. And he said, what is it? What is it? I love surprises. And I said, I've got a special present that I'm going to give you on your birthday. And he's like, an iPad? And I said, "Mm, no, not an iPad. It's going to be a book. And he said, a book? Dad, come on, seriously, my 10th birthday, you're going to give me a book? And I said, no, 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 it's a special book because I'm writing it and I'm actually writing it for you. 
and you're going to get the very first copy on your birthday, January 16th, 2018. You're going to have the first copy. And his face lit up and he was dancing all over the bedroom. And finally, I tucked him in, switched off the lights, walked out and said, holy crap, I'm going to have to write this damn book now. (laughs) That's a good motivator. Now I have to write. That's a very good motivator. Yeah, right. Because here's the thing, right? What's more uncomfortable, writing the book and just getting it out there or coming to your son who worships you, who looks up to you, who sees you as his mentor, as his, his superhero. And you're going to fail him? Like for his 10th birthday, you're going to show up and he's going to go, Daddy, where's the book? Where's the book? Where's the book that you wrote for me? Oh, um, I didn't write it. I don't want... like That to me is more uncomfortable than writing and publishing the book. And so, and I talk about this in my book, I talk about the fact that you sometimes need to put yourself in uncomfortable situations to force yourself to do things, to force yourself to take action. It's kind of like when your father taught you how to swim or ride a bike, what did he do? He held the back of the bike and and then he lied to you. I mean, sneaky guy, right? He said, Oh, I'm still holding on. I'm still holding on. Of course he lets go and you're still riding. You're like, and you're like, daddy, daddy, are you holding on? And you're like, yes. And then suddenly he has a fall and smashes his face and he's crying, but that's the only way he's going to ride the bike. Right. So it's kind of about this, this, if I were to sort of break that down into a a framework, it's kind of trying to take that thing that you want, that, that goal that you have, the the thing you've been trying to work towards, but not taking action um, and mm-hmm. create this, this framework of the lesser of two uncomfortable situations. And, and so the first is, you know, you, you don't do it and you never achieve this thing. And, and that's of course has its own uh, degree of uncomfortable to it. Um, but then mm-hmm. the second and, and your specific scenario is, kind of screwing yourself over a little bit by telling your kid, this book is going to be for you. And then, of course, all of a sudden that first thing that was uncomfortable, but not as much becomes even more extreme because there's this additional attachment of disappointing your 10 year old. Um, So, so it's kind of looking for these areas that you can, you can take the existing uh, uncomfortable nature of not doing it, make that a little bit more extreme by adding some higher stakes. And then the, the, the duality of doing it being uncomfortable in the process versus this higher stakes thing, like you're more likely mm-hmm. to do it. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. And then what I do is I also dig myself a deeper, a deeper hole as well. So what I did was the next day I went on social media and I told all of you know my friends and followers on Facebook that, Hey, by the way, I'm writing a book for my son for his 10th birthday on January 16th, 2018. And now everybody in my network is holding me accountable. Right. And then I start putting in place certain things. Like for example, I get an editor, I get a producer. Um, I, I book myself on podcast shows and I tell people 
that I'm writing a book. And then of course, everywhere I go, I tell people, yeah, I'm writing a book. And they go, wow, you're writing a book. Wow. And so now you don't want to, you, you know, you're going to let down your son. You're going to let down everyone. You're going to look like a schmuck. Like, you know, you don't want to do that. And so I kind of just dug myself in deeper so that I'm, I'm going to do it. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm committing to this. And you know, what's interesting, Greg, is that a lot of people, they, they know, they know that accountability is key. Like everyone talks about it, right? Oh yeah, you got to be accountable. Oh, you got to be accountable. Yeah, very nice. It's nice talk and it's great. Wonderful. But the problem is, is that what do people do is they go and hire themselves a coach. Now I have nothing against coaches because, you know, coaches are amazing. They're great. The problem is if you think that you're going to hire yourself a coach and he's going to hold you or she's going to hold you accountable, um, you're making a big mistake because, you at the end of the day are still in control, right? What's the worst thing that's going to happen if you don't achieve something? They're going to, they're going to shout at you. What are they going to do? Come and beat you over the head. Like, what are they going to do? You're paying them for crying out loud. You can fire them. You know, like I could just fire you whenever I want. I I don't have to do it. So I, you got to be creative. You got to find ways that's going to really make you feel uncomfortable. One of the ways that, um, that I found out, I can't remember where I got this from, but this was also genius is, um, I was on a show with someone and they said to me that they wanted to write a book. And I said to them, how badly do you want to write it? And they're like really badly. I'm like, clearly not. Cause you would have written it already. That's besides the point. But if you really want to write it, let me, let me challenge you. Okay. Let me give you a, what, 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 when can you realistically write it by? Give me a date. So he gave me a date and I said, okay, here's what we're going to do right in front of all his listeners. I did this, Greg, I was literally, I was guest on his show and I put him on the spot on his own show in front of his listeners. And I said, here's what we're going to do. I said, pick if, if I was to tell you, um, that you're going to pay money to some organization, like what would be the last organization you would choose? Like, what would be the one organization that you would, you, if you could, you would shut them down. Like you would literally, you would pay money to shut them down. And he told me the organization and I said, okay, here's what we're going to do. If you do not publish your book by such and such a date, you have to give a thousand dollars to that organization. And he just like, he was like, Oh my God. Oh, I can't. and I'm like, yes, you're going to commit to that. And he's like, all right, fine. I'm doing it. I'm like, okay, great. So now your listeners know that if you don't publish a book on this date, they are going to hold you accountable and they want to see proof that you gave a thousand dollars to that organization. And he's like, Daniel, I, I, I freaking hate you, man. <laughs> why why'd you do this to me? And, but you know what, Greg, it worked because the day before the date, that he told me he was going to publish the book. He sends me a Facebook messenger with a picture of the book. And he's like, you asshole. (laughs) (laughs) So so it worked, you know, but there's lots of creative ways you can do it. But the point is, is you got to make yourself really uncomfortable or you won't do it because as a self-help addict, we don't, you can't trust yourself. I don't trust myself as a self-help addict. Absolutely. So I, 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 I've got to play a little bit of of devil's advocate here, but I want to preface it by saying, um, you know, I, I think the core of the concept that sort of uh, com- competing levels of, of uncomfortable between between these two things, I think creating that framework is is correct. I think that is how you get yourself to, to take action in a lot of situations. Um, the one thing I want to play devil's advocate on is the idea of, you know, public accountability, like sharing this is my goal. It needs to happen by this date, so on and so forth. Um, so there has been a lot of research and I pulled up an article here 
Um, but first, I'm just going to sort of explain what the research is about, saying that um, we, when we share our goals with other people, let's say we want to become uh, a speaker or a published author or whatever it is, uh, when we share that goal, the process of sharing, the process of telling someone else allows us to get a tiny bit of whatever it is we would feel if we had accomplished it. And because of that little bit of, of, of bleed, because of, of your, it's bleeding in a tiny bit, um, it makes it slightly less likely that, that we'll actually go for it. And so I want to uh, read from this article. It's on psychology today. The title is if you want to succeed, don't tell anyone. It was written by Art Markman. Um, and also Derek Sivers, I believe, did a TED talk on this topic as well. Uh, so just real quick, quote, imagine, for example, that Mary wants to become a psychologist. She tells Herb that she wants to pursue this career and that she's going to study hard in her classes. However, just by telling Herb her intention, she knows that Herb is already starting to think of her as a psychologist. So she has achieved part of her identity goal just by telling Herb about it. Oddly enough, that can actually decrease the likelihood that Mary will study hard. Uh, Golwitzer and his colleagues, and Golwitzer is, uh, is one of the researchers in this study, uh, provided evidence for this point. In one clever study, they had students interested in becoming psychologists list two activities that they would perform in the next week to help them achieve that goal. Half-handed what they wrote to the experimenter who read it over and acknowledged reading what they had written. The other half were told that the exercise of writing down their intentions was given to them in error and that nobody would be looking at it. The following week, all of the participants were contacted again and were asked to remember the goals they had written down the previous week and then to write down how much time they had spent on those activities. The people whose goals were read by the experimenter actually spent less time pursuing those activities than the people whose goals were not read. A number of follow-up studies were presented as well that ruled out other explanation for this finding. So I just want to get, you know, your your honest mm -hmm. opinion and feedback. Like hearing that, what does that? How do you think that that fits in with this model of uh, doing things to make yourself uncomfortable and sharing it with with others in order to to create that uncertainty and uncomfortableness? Um, I hear it. I hear the validity of it. Um, but like any study, I'm sure there's going to be dozens of other studies that will prove the opposite. And I see this countless of times, you know, where, you know, somebody says, you know, coffee's terrible for you. Coffee will, will kill you too much coffee. And then you suddenly read another article. Coffee is one of the best things you can have because it really improves your circulation of your blood. blood. And I see this all the time, all the time. And what I tend to do is I tend to just go with what, works for me. And I think this is another issue. Uh, and I talk about this in my book as well, is the whole idea that these gurus, right? The self-help gurus, they tell you, you've got to wake up at four in the morning and you've got to jump into a freezing cold, you know, whatever bathtub or shower, whatever it is. And you've got to hustle 24 seven if you want to make it. And you've got to, and I say BS, that is such BS. That does not work for everyone. Everybody's different. 
I don't do well with cold showers. I don't freaking like cold showers, so I'm not going to take a cold shower. You know, I'm not going to hustle 24-7. I enjoy going home at, at, at dinner time and spending time with my wife and children, and I have different sets of values. I'm not a morning person. I get a freaking lot of stuff done. Okay, you can read my bio and you could see all the stuff I've accomplished in my life. But guess what? I don't drive myself into the ground. I don't wake up at five in the morning. I wake up when I feel like waking up. I wake up when when my body's had enough sleep. I wake up because I know that I'm going to function better. Does that work for everybody? No, it doesn't work for everybody. Everybody's different. And that's, it falls under the, uh, into this issue of, of what self-help addicts tend to do, which is we idolize people. We look up at, at Tony Robbins or Brian Tracy or Gary Vaynerchuk or Tim Ferriss and we go, oh my God, they're a God. They're a God. I need, I need to be like them. Bull crap. They're just human beings. They're just human beings. You have your special unique qualities. They have theirs. The difference between you and them most likely is they've actually expressed it into the world. They've actually gone out, took it, taken action and you haven't. That's all. That's the only difference. You know, people standing at or sitting in a Tony Robbins event, they're like looking at him. Wow. You know, amazing. And I challenge them and I say, I would say to them, you know, the only difference between you and Tony Robbins and they would say, Oh my goodness. He's great. He, no, I said, no, there's, there's only one real difference between you and Tony Robbins right now. And you know what that is? It's that Tony's on stage and you're not, you bought the ticket. He sold you the ticket. That's the difference. He's the creator. You're the consumer. That's the only difference. Daniel, where and when is this book, the self-help addict, where, where can we get it? So it's out today, which is freaking amazing. I can't believe I'm saying it. Um, and you can go to Amazon because that's what everybody does, right? You go to Amazon and just type in the self-help addict. Um, you'll find it there. You'll actually see a picture of me sitting on a pile of books with my cheesy looking face uh, as a self-help addict. And um, yeah, you can buy a Kindle edition or you could buy a print edition. If you buy it today, January 16th, you will be able to get the Kindle edition for 99 cents and you'll be able to get the print edition for around $6. So it's going to be a completely reduced price. Um, but it's only for 24 hours because my goal is to hit the number one bestseller on Amazon. And, uh, so yeah. And the other option is obviously to go to the show notes and click on the link that Greg will have, um, to the Amazon link. Got it. So the book is The Self-Help Addict. It is available now. Head over to Amazon, do a quick search, or just click the link in the description for this episode. Uh, the podcast is Can I Pick Your Brain? Definitely check that out when you have some time. Daniel, I just want to thank you for your honesty here. Uh, the the rant, especially at the end there, that I think is the the core of what we're trying to do with this show is help people realize and understand that the only thing standing in their way is their ability or inability to take action towards the things they want. That is all. So I want to thank you for really driving that message home. And I'm looking forward to reading this book and helping break my own, my own addiction and, and take even more action than I already do. So again, thank you for putting yourself out there and, and taking the risk and, and sharing yourself with us. 
Thank you, Greg. I really appreciate you having me on the show. And thank you to all of those that, that are listening to this. I really appreciate all of you. And I'd love to, to hear from you as well. With that said, I've been Greg Clunas. Thank you for listening. If you have not already, be sure to click the subscribe button. That is the best way to make sure new episodes are delivered directly to your favorite listening device. Uh, Feel free to join us in the Facebook community. Just head over to Facebook, do a quick search for Tiny Leaps. Go and check out Daniel's book. Just go to Amazon, do a search for the self-help addict, not the self-help freaking addict, but I'm sure it'll show up for that as well. Um, and, And check out his podcast, Can I Pick Your Brain? It is a fantastic conversation with some of the most interesting people that I've heard thus far. Thank you again for listening. And remember that all big changes come from the tiny leaps you take every day, every day. day.